Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this year is episode number 85 and as mentioned previously to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update, the publisher has since forwarded a copy of the publishing contract, which I am currently reviewing with the assistance of a learned friend before I proceed to sign the documentation. Thereafter, the publisher will undertake a comprehensive edit of the book before printing begins. So keep it locked right here and I will continue to keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast, where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 49th week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 4th to Friday the 7th of December. And without further ado, this is your host, Jemu Huri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where on Friday, global markets were focused on the November jobs report as investors tried to predict the trajectory of interest rates over the next one year. Job creation remained robust in November as payroll numbers grew faster than expected and the unemployment rate declined despite signs of a weakening economy. The U.S. Labor Department reported on Friday that non-farm payrolls rose by a seasonally adjusted 199,000 new jobs in November, and this was slightly better than the consensus estimate of 190,000 jobs and ahead of data for the previous month of October, which remained unchanged at 150,000 new jobs. The November payrolls report showed an unexpected drop in the unemployment rate, which declined from 3.9% the previous month to 3.7% as the labor force participation rate edged higher to 62.8%. The data initially raised concerns that the U.S. economy was still running a bit too hot for inflation to cool down sufficiently and therefore the Fed may have to hold interest rates higher for longer in contrast to market expectations for rate cuts in the coming year. In the U.S. stock market, the S&P 500 rose on Friday to hit a new high for the year 
after the November jobs report signaled a resilient economy and cooling inflation, fueling hopes for a so-called soft landing scenario, which involves maintaining a steady economic recovery on the back of higher interest rates and falling inflation. The S&P 500 added 0.4% to settle at 4,604, while the Nasdaq Composite rose by 0.45% to finish at 14,403, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 130 points, or 0.36%, to end at 36,247. The S&P 500 posted its highest close of the year last week when it topped 4,609. The benchmark is now up about 20% for the year and trading at its highest level since March 2022. All the major averages finished the week in positive territory. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields jumped on Friday after the November jobs report showed that the unemployment rate unexpectedly fell, suggesting continued tightness in the labor market despite the Federal Reserve's efforts to slow down the economy and inflation. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond was up by 10 basis points to 4.23%, as it recovered some losses made earlier in the week when it dipped as low as 4.14%. Meanwhile, the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note was higher by more than 14 basis points at 4.72%. Many investors are of the view that the Fed's rate-hiking cycle is now over and are now looking for signs on when the central bank will begin to cut interest rates. However, just last week, the Fed chairman said that speculating about a rate cut was premature and that the central bank could tighten monetary policy further if necessary. The Fed is due to meet this coming week and is expected to keep interest rates unchanged at the current levels. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil rallied on Friday but still registered its seventh straight week of losses as record production and demand worries continued to weigh down on prices. Just last week, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and its allies agreed to a combined production cut of 2.2 million barrels per day in the first quarter of next year. However, market players are concerned that some members may not adhere to their commitments. In response, the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate Crude rose by 2.73% to settle at $71.23 a barrel, whilst the international benchmark Brent Crude gained 2.42% to close at $75.84 a barrel. And despite Friday's rebound, both benchmarks lost about 4% for the week. Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined significantly to $75.18 per barrel, down from $85.51 the previous week. 
In the precious metals market, on Friday, the price of gold retreated back towards the $2,000 level as the US dollar and treasury yields received a boost following the stronger than expected jobs report, which caused traders to push forward their expectations as to when the Fed will begin cutting interest rates. Spot gold hit a session low of $1,994 and was down about 3.4% for the week before recovering to close the session at $2,002 US dollars per ounce. In the cryptocurrency market, as the drumbeat for the spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund grew louder, Bitcoin continued to build upward momentum and at one point traded as high as $44,900, which was its highest level since April 2022. According to CoinMetrics, the price of Bitcoin was up by more than 4% for the day to close at $43,794 per coin. For your information, Bitcoin is up more than 160% so far this year. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial market. And as is the norm, we start by looking at the domestic foreign exchange market, where the shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained relatively stable versus the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the central bank, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 153.32 compared to 153.15 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 156 shillings on the lower side to above 160 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the standing pound was priced at 193.20 and the euro was valued at 165.41. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 24.62 Ugandan shillings and 16.34 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.14. On a year-to-date basis, the Kenyan shilling has depreciated by more than 20% versus the US dollar. And given this current trend, I expect that the shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future. And this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves, during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained relatively unchanged at $6.74 billion, which is equivalent to 3.61 months of import cover. This level of reserves is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the continuous funding received from both the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure. And this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default.
in the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market improved during the week as the average interbank rate declined substantially to 10.33%. And this was partly attributed to the increased inflow of government payments that exceeded and offset the outflow of tax remittances from the market. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement this increased from 23.1 billion shillings the previous week to 25 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate declined from 10.8% the previous week to 10.33%. And during the week, the average value that was traded in the interbank market increased to 20.5 billion shillings up from 16.5 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 7th of December, and the central bank received bids totaling 37.6 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of 157%. However, the central bank ended up accepting 35.4 billion shillings. Interest rates on all the three tenders increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 29.2 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate increased by 10.5 basis points to 15.63%, whilst the 182-day rate shot up by 19.8 basis points to 15.74%, and the 364-day rate inched up by 6.8 basis points to settle at 15.79%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve because they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. In the primary bond market, the auction for the top sale of the 6.5-year infrastructure bond was held on Tuesday, the 5th of December, and the central bank received bids totaling 47.2 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 25 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of about 189%. The central bank accepted the entire amount at a weighted average rate of 17.93%, which is a coupon rate for this bond. In the secondary bond market, the turnover in the domestic secondary market increased by 77% during the week. And in the international market, during the past week, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds recorded a mixed performance with the yields on the 10-year eurobond issued in 2018 and the yield on the 7-year eurobond issued in 2019 both declined the most by 40 basis points each to 11% and 11.5% respectively. Meanwhile, the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in June 2024 increased the most by 30 basis points 
from 14.1% the previous week to 14.4%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on an upward trajectory with the NASI gaining the most by 1.8%, whilst the NSC20 and the NSC25 gained by 1.3% and 1.1% respectively. The market's performance was driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as Bamburi, Stanbic Bank, Absa Bank and Safaricom, which increased by 18%, 6.1%, 5% and 3.6% respectively. These gains were however weighed down by losses recorded by other large-cap stocks such as Cooperative Bank and NCBA Bank, which both declined by 2.6%, whilst East African breweries and British American Tobacco dipped by 1.8% and 1.6% respectively. Up next is our topical issue, and this week we are reviewing the Monetary Policy Committee meeting that was held on Tuesday the 5th of December. This meeting was held against the backdrop of a weak global economy characterized by uncertainty and volatility in the market, mainly due to the escalating geopolitical tensions in the Ukraine and Palestine. In addition, the committee noted that domestic inflation remained persistent as the Kenya shilling continues to depreciate versus the US dollar. The Monetary Policy Committee highlighted the following issues. The first was on global economic growth, which is expected to slow down from 3% in 2023 to 2.9% in 2024, reflecting the impact of higher interest rates across the globe. And back at home, Kenya's overall rate of inflation remained broadly unchanged at 6.8% in November, compared to 6.9% in October. And on economic growth, the gross domestic product for the second quarter of 2023 indicates a strong performance by the Kenyan economy with a real GDP growth rate of 5.4% compared to 5.2% for the same period in 2022. On foreign exchange reserves, these currently stand at $6.74 billion, which is equivalent to 3.62 months of import cover. And according to the central bank, this continues to provide an adequate buffer against any short-term shocks in the domestic foreign exchange market. On the banking sector, this remains stable and resilient with strong liquidity and capital adequacy ratios as the ratio of gross non-performing loans increased to 15.3% in October 2023. Meanwhile, growth in private sector credit remained relatively stable at 12.5% in October. The Monetary Policy Committee noted that the depreciation of the shilling continues to exert upward pressure on domestic prices, contributing to the increased cost of living and reducing its purchasing power. Additionally, the committee noted that the continued weakening of the local unit has contributed to a significant increase in the shilling value of the country's external debt that is denominated in foreign currency. The Monetary Policy Committee therefore concluded 
that there was a need to adjust the monetary policy stance to address the pressure on the exchange rate, as well as to mitigate the second round effects arising from global prices. The committee therefore decided to raise the central bank rate by 200 basis points from 10.5% to 12.5%. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it to a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhurig at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. And remember, Carpe Diem, seize the day, make your life extraordinary. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.